It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, this is Leslie Dumlau with Canada's Podcast, the nation's number one entrepreneurial network. Today, I'm thrilled to be speaking with Lori Desjardins, the co-founder of Pillars of Wellness in Burlington. Pillars of Wellness is a family-owned integrated care center, and Lori, uh, by trade, is an occupational therapist, and she specializes in complex trauma, neurological disorders, brain injuries, and mental health challenges. Um, she started her first company in 2013, and that was Desjardins Rehabilitation, um, and then further expanded to uh, start Pillars of Wellness in 2018. So welcome, and I'm very excited to have you on, on Canada's podcast. Um, so I guess just start by tell, telling me a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Um, yeah, so I've been an occupational therapist for the last 15 or so years, um, and I've worked in a whole bunch of different environments sort of throughout my career. Everything from inpatient rehab, um, outpatient rehab, community care, hospital care. And I noticed a lot of unique challenges in each environment. Um, and I've been kind of lucky to experience those variations throughout time because it's really actually brought me to my current space, which is where Pillars of Wellness kind of birthed from. So in those environments, I worked with a multitude of professionals, but I found that it was still kind of disjointed. You know, there was a lot of silo care. It was hard to connect with people seamlessly. So I always wanted to have sort of a care center that was one place where people could get everything that they needed. Um, and they would keep coming back, sort of like going to your family doctor, for example. You go there for all of your healthcare needs um, over your lifespan. So I wanted to have a center with a multitude of professionals to learn from, and people could keep coming to us throughout their lifespan to manage their uh, non-medical, more rehabilitative needs. Um, how long have you been an entrepreneur? So you, you said you started your first company in 2013. Is that when you became an entrepreneur and like finished school and then just jumped right into starting your own business? Yeah, so I definitely didn't just jump right into starting my own business <laughs> right away. Um, it was actually it was actually around the same time that I met um, my husband. Shortly after that, uh, he was actually the one to give me that little bit of a push uh, to start my own company, which is primarily occupational therapists. My husband was always an entrepreneur, so for him it was like a no-brainer to do it. For me, I needed that extra little push. I always wanted to, but I don't think I would have done it without his support. Um, so yeah, in 2013, I went out on my own and um, developed an OT company, which still exists to this day. Um, I just expanded that to add on Pillars of Wellness and thankfully had my husband to come on board to help manage the, the business side. So it would make my life a little bit easier. Um, and it's been, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been so much fun. So you have one location in Burlington right now? Yeah, in the West End of Burlington. How did you get into your area of, of um, expertise? Like, how did you decide to get into occupational therapy? Um, I wanted to go into occupational therapy. I had no idea actually what it was. Most people don't, um, and I really didn't. But when I was a kid, I did a lot of competitive sports, so I was injured all the time. So I was always in a rehab clinic getting physio or chiro or massage or what have you. So I knew those professions really well. And it was actually one of my friends, her sister was an occupational therapist, and I didn't know what it was. So she said, oh, come with me to the hospital and I'll show you what I do. And I was just like, wow, it's so amazing. You know, they have a pretty wide scope of practice. And it was very new to me and it really resonated well with my personality. So 
instead of doing physiotherapy, which is what I was initially going to do, I sort of last minute transferred over to occupational therapy. And yeah, it's been a really good fit ever since. What's the main difference between occupational therapy and physio? There isn't really a main difference. There's a lot of differences. It's hard to explain the, the big picture of it because in each profession, they're very diverse in terms of what they can do. But physiotherapists work a lot on, I'd say more specifically around movement. Um, I laugh because I have my physiotherapist here beside me. So I'm careful to not say the wrong things. Um, but as a physiotherapist, everything we frame is around function or around a daily activity, whether that's work or being a caregiver or learning how to make meals or accessing your house. Um, our rehab is always framed around a functional task. For me though, I've spent most of my time in neuro rehab and a lot in brain injury. So that's a lot of um, cognitive assessment, cognitive remediation, vision assessment, um, overall chronic pain management, a lot of different things in that realm. There are two professions that complement each other really, really well. And that's also part of why Pillars of Wellness got developed because as much as I think my profession's amazing, it's just such a small piece of the pie. And none of my clients recover with just my input. They need sort of a team of people that can look at them from a whole person perspective. And so coming into Pillars of Wellness, this was the greatest place to do it because we have so many different professions that we can really give you the comprehensive care that you need to get better. Tell me a little bit more about that. So what are the benefits for the patient of um, the integrated healthcare kind of system that you have? Yeah, so I think I'll kind of rewind a little bit with the integrated care. So again, bringing in my husband, he's from Europe. So their medical system there is set up a little bit more different. It's, it very much comes from an integrated care perspective. Canada, we don't have it fully developed as yet, I'd say. So integrated care right now is really like a catchy term. So a lot of people talk about integrated care, but when it comes down to the fine details, it's not always implemented from an organizational perspective well. So it's either um, contrasted with fragmented or episodic care, or sometimes they use it synonymously with coordinated or seamless care. So it's basically having a multitude of professions under one roof um, where the organization is structured in such a way that you can access all those professionals, you can ebb and flow between professionals, you have a system set up so you can share clinical notes, share information, and you can actually do joint assessments uh, so that it avoids a lot of the redundancy because because a lot of our professions do overlap. Sometimes I'm doing a same assessment as the physio has done or as the chiropractor or the naturopath has done. So it really starts to eliminate that um, duplication of service and helps to streamline the treatment plans. So the example that I give is something simple. So we're all in COVID-19, we're all working from home, right? So someone comes into the clinic and they're like, oh man, my neck is really, really sore. Um, I need to see a physio or a chiro or a massage therapist. But oftentimes they can come in and have their neck treated or massaged or anything like that, but they still have this ongoing neck pain. If they came in and they had consulted with, say, you know, physio or chiro and the occupational therapist, I could maybe give some strategies on how to modify your home office so it's not continually aggravating your neck so that your therapy with your physio or your chiropractor would be more successful. Perhaps you're getting that neck tension because you're really stressed. So maybe there's a role for counseling in there. 
So it's really taking what's happening to you in this present moment and kind of pulling it apart to see like, is there other things that's happening? Because oftentimes we don't present with just one silo area that's an issue, right? So in a center like this, it gives us the flexibility to say, hey, I think you maybe want to do a couple sessions with the counselor, see if that will help a little bit, and you really can work together. And we're all in one space, right? So it's easy to be able to share that information and they feel comfortable, right? Because they know that when they come in here, someone's going to be able to help them. So the integrated care concept kind of like grew from there. And now organizationally, we put in a lot of work to make sure that from the second someone comes in, um, we're able to integrate their services amongst everybody from their intake um, through to their initial assessment. We oftentimes will do an assessment with more than one practitioner at a time, if possible. Um, and we share clinical notes with each other so that the person doesn't have to share their story more than one time. And we can give comprehensive information to their medical team at any time that they need it, right? So it just allows for the redundancy of care to be reduced. It's more cost-effective, more efficient for the rehab. I feel it would have a better success rate for the patient too. Yeah, and that's that's really what we've seen. Um, we're all really good at what we do, right? But we all have a scope of practice that limits us in some capacity. So it's really using the best skills of each practitioner um for the benefit of the client so that's really innovative um i know you're taking it from european model and but bringing it to canada is very innovative and i know that you're also using other innovative technologies so what innovative technologies are you using uh, if you could share with them yeah so one of them is uh, we do a lot of concussion um, and neurological injuries in here as well so we service the whole spectrum of care from birth to older adults. So we have a team that's designated for pediatrics. We have more of an adult team. Um, and within that, we have a team that focuses more on neural rehab. So because my passion is the neural rehab side, we do have, and I think you may be familiar with it, Vox Neuro Assessment, which is one of the newer um, cognitive health assessments. So Pillars of Wellness was the first certified clinic in Canada to do the assessments. I actually have a little EEG cap to show you. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So to our so listeners, we had James Connolly on our, oh, that is so cool. We had James Connolly from Vox Neuro on a previous podcast episode. Yeah, they are um, a really, really great company. Um, and the science behind the technology is pretty impeccable over the last 25 years. So in the clinic, we're using this cognitive health assessment, which provides objective EEG data. And for us as clinicians, what's amazing about it is it can give us real life, present moment information of how your brain is functioning sort of at the organic level. So it's objective data on areas of function and dysfunction in your brain, which will impact how you function in your day-to-day -day life. So with having something that is so innovative and such a quick ability to get the results, it allows us to streamline our care and also gives us information of how effective our care is being. So we can do these reassessments and say, okay, look, what we're doing is actually helping. Your information and your data is improving. Your brain is functioning at a higher capacity. So we have integrated that on top of the existing assessments and treatments that we have. And it's been a wonderful asset to our clinic. So that's one piece. And then the other piece is called uh, the PONS device. 
I have it here, I'll show it to you. Um, so it comes in two pieces. So the PONS device stands for Portable Neuromodulation Device. So it's a, it's a neurostim device. This goes around your neck. And then there is a mouthpiece um, that goes in your mouth during the treatments. The science behind this device, it's been Health Canada cleared to work with clients who've suffered a traumatic brain injury or MS, and specifically for clients who have gait dysfunction or disruptions in balance. And what it does is the device is kind of like a neurostimulator on the end. It innervates the last third of your tongue. It's actually stimulating two of the nerves that come into your tongue, the uh, trigeminal nerve and the facial nerve. And it's basically supercharging those nerves. Those nerves run up to your brain through your brain stem. And when you're providing stimulation to those, it kind of is like supercharging and exciting all the neurons in that area and connects into your cerebellum directly and indirectly. And when you couple that with targeted physical exercise and balance training, it has shown profound results in terms of people's ability to resume a more normal gait um, and more effective balance. Um, and then what's interesting is when you couple this with the Vox assessment, you can actually see through the Vox assessment the organic changes that are also happening in the brain. It's kind of a unique device put together. This one is a very strict protocol of a 14-week treatment, and we have certified PONS trainers here, and there's some other clinics that do it as well. But we've had... Um, you know, some interesting feedback on it, and there's showing to be a lot of promise for this type of treatment. So we're hoping and looking forward to doing more of it in the future with our, our neuro clients. But, you know, to have an integrated care center, you really have to be using best practices. You've got to use the technology that you have if you really want to advance your treatment, right? And be a center where people are like, okay, they're up to date on the research. They've got the technology. We're in a place where there's all these professionals just like burning their energy to uh, help people recover. So yeah, so that's where we're at with all of our stuff and our integrated concept here. That's really wonderful. And it's really meaningful work because there's so many people who are looking for answers who are in those positions with neurological disorders. So Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things. No one's really rich in healthcare, right? But you get rich in the satisfaction that you have in helping people in their lives. Um, so I think every one of the practitioners that works in our center um, just really loves what they do and works really well as a team. And it's that team approach that really gets people better, right? We don't, we don't improve in, iso in isolation. We improve with social supports and team and people around us. It's been difficult lately, but... <laughs> Yeah, back in the day before COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about the vision that you have for your business over the next five years. Good question. Um, so because we're only two and a half years into the business, we're still trying to build the awareness of integrated care, but like the true fully embodied awareness of integrated care. And it's a bit challenging because our medical system is not set up that way. So when you go to a healthcare or in the hospital, for example, you do access all these professionals. But typically when you go out into the you know, private world, you don't have the same access to all these professionals easily. So it's a, it's a new concept for people to understand um, the benefits of integrated care. So 
my vision really is in the next five years for people to really understand what that looks like um, and start to experience that themselves. And I'd like to be able to offer it to more people without losing the essence of what our business is. So really that's kind of where we want to go in the next five years is, is having it out there for others to understand, getting more people in to experience it and just kind of pushing the boundaries on, on how much we can do from a collaborative collective perspective versus the old theory of this silo multidisciplinary care. I know a lot, not a lot of people are like aware of integrated care, but I know it is up and coming. So that's great that it's a good plan for the next five years. Um, I know you're in Burlington and do you have any plans of expansion or is like Burlington your home and that's, uh, do, you, do you see it as a really beneficial city and what are the benefits do you feel of doing business? Um, yeah, I mean, Burlington, it's nothing like doing something in your own local community, right? So you can see the fruits of your labor a lot faster. So I am happy where we are in Burlington and I think we service an area in Burlington that is underserviced right now. If you ask my husband, he would definitely say, let's expand and get it out in different locations to more people, which is why he's heavier on the business side. And then if you ask me, I would say, you know, I'm, I, I would build it out further, but I still feel like I'm still growing my existing baby. You know, I need my baby to be a little bit older before I'm ready to have another. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I totally understand that <laughs> as a mother. Yes. And as my children grow, it becomes easier to take more on. And as I work with more people and bring more people on, I have, uh, I've got a really good foundation in our existing clinic that would give us the ability to expand because we have this good, strong foundation now, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so what are the, some of the challenges that you've faced in your business? Well, the recent one is COVID-19. <laughs> that has really been a challenge. You know, I think the biggest challenge is just getting it out there and accessing enough people. So it kind of ties into the COVID-19 situation. So the downside of having that happen is we couldn't do a lot of in-person, but the positive side of that happening is we have expanded our virtual platform so much and it's kind of opened our mind to be like, okay, well, we can actually service a lot more people that don't even have to be in Burlington because we can do a lot virtually now. So we're actually building that platform out a little bit because we do have practitioners in here that specialize in certain areas that for people that are a bit more remote, have mobility issues or can't drive, it would allow them to access some of these services and we can still do joint assessments and integrated care even virtually. So that was one of our challenges, but because of COVID, it's actually kind of allowed us to expand very quickly overnight. Um, and it's been a really unique experience. So that challenge is kind of like turned around into potentially an avenue to service more people. That's amazing. So you definitely reframed, reframed your challenge. Um, so this is a kind of a similar question, but when faced with unexpected challenges, how would you advise other entrepreneurs to deal with those problems? I think, and I think someone told me the same thing. You have to like expect the unexpected. Um, it's not a smooth road, right? Like when we first started the clinic, you know, we'd have days where we were like, we've got this, this is the most amazing thing ever. And then we had other days when we were like, what on earth are we doing? Right? Like it really very much is a roller coaster. 
but I think it's the perseverance, right? So you have to see the, the forest for the trees kind of saying, or see the light at the end of the tunnel. You just kind of have to keep moving forwards, right? And not get diverted from your vision. And there's been a lot of challenges that we've had, you know, between, you know, infrastructure and organizational things and, and healthcare provision in general. And I think as long as you stay true to your vision and you still just keep looking for that sort of end goal, you can still get there, but it's going to be quite a bouncy road. <laughs> Luckily, we have a really good supportive team um, that kind of helps you through those day-to-day -day grinds. And my husband is also quite helpful because he has a completely different perspective than I do. And sometimes that can be challenging, but oftentimes in terms of working through business, it's good because you kind of have that devil's advocate all the time or someone there to say, okay, you just have to keep moving forwards. This is a blip in the road. It's fine. We'll work through it. That's awesome. So what was the best advice that you've ever received personally? I think actually the, the best advice. So when I wanted to do the integrated care concept, everybody that I spoke to about it was like, yeah, that's a great idea, but I can't imagine how you're going to put that together. And everyone always said, yeah, but, yeah, but. And my husband coming from Europe was like, yeah, but that's how it always is in Europe, right? So we knew it was possible here. And there are some other places, I think more in Alberta that are doing the same sort of concept. And so a few times we kind of got derailed and, and almost starting to go back into the old method of, of opening a rehab clinic because it seemed to be the easier way. And so many people, including my husband, had said many times, you have to just stick to your vision. And the second you start to divert from your vision, you've given up your business. And so we've really spent a lot of time trying to redirect everything towards our vision. And it's really helped to streamline everything that we do. And so until I kind of got that stuck in my head more, we got sidetracked many times. And it was, you know, mostly unhelpful sidetracks. So I think sticking like really clear to your vision and never diverting from that really helps to get things moving forwards. That's really good advice from your husband. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, so now I'm going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. So they're short questions. And they're basically just to get to know you as an entrepreneur. So if you weren't doing what you're doing now for work, what would you be doing instead? I think I'd own a bed and breakfast on a little island. <laughs> in, in particular? Or? No, not. No, I, I really like Thailand, but no, nowhere particular. Just some quaint little island. Um, yeah, and have a small, cute little business. No stress. <laughs> <laughs> what book are you currently reading? Audiobook or? I do not have a book at all. I would love to have a book, but... Um, nope. I spend, whenever I have a free moment, I end up going for a run or exercising because my moments are few and far between. I'm actually the same way. So when I was asked this question, I, I said something like the Gruffalo, <laughs> like one of the kids books. <laughs> Cause I was interviewed on the podcast too. So it was really silly, but. <laughs> I've read, so, I read a lot of kids books. Yes. But not adult books recently. Are you a morning person or a night person? Oh, morning person by far. I think about 90% of entrepreneurs are morning people. Yeah, like I feel like I mean, I wake up at like six in the morning. And then I feel like if I don't have my morning, I miss part of the day. Like I'm more productive first thing in the morning. Yeah. Um, 
If you had to pick one word, word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Compassionate, maybe? I'm not sure if I describe myself as that, but I've been described as that many times. So, yeah. Uh, what's keeping you up at night these days, if anything? Oh, I just think life in general. Just <laughs> the pace of life, my children, not being able to have them be with their friends right now, and trying to manage just everything that life throws at you. It's just, your mind's always going, right? It's always thinking about what next. And what's your favorite place in the world? I like to just be in nature. So I'm happy if I'm hiking. I'm happy if I'm sitting outside anywhere, uh, if I'm sitting by the ocean or a lake or something. Um, it's so calm and serene. That's probably any of those places. It doesn't have to be a specific place in the world, but just being out in nature is a, a nice place. You want to a be. trail by the by a waterfall and you'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what are three non-negotiables that have to happen in your morning routine? Coffee. <laughs> I'd like to usually go for a run in the morning if I can. And I always like to have hugs from the kids. Hugs and kisses, yeah. That's a happy morning for me. Coffee, hugs, and kisses in a run. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what else could you ask for, right? That's right. Um, so last but not least, when we ask this question on most of our podcasts, uh, there's a small tropical island off the coast of Fiji with no phone booth and no internet. We drop you off there with um, no technology at all. At any time, you can use the phone on, on the island to call the boat to come pick you up. How long would you last before making the phone call? And what would you do until then? Oh, so I can stay there as long as I want. I feel like my survival skills would be maybe minimal when it comes to animals. <laughs> so I would probably realistically last like maybe two days. <laughs> and then I'd probably call. I'd have a hard time getting through the night, I think. Yeah, you'd like put some sticks together to try to tempt it. <laughs> I would be able to lay there and sleep, but if if I heard some animals, I would probably start to get freaked out. Yeah. As as I, I love nature. I sleep in a city, so <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably realistically last a couple of days. Okay, well, great. So that's all the questions that I had for you, but do you want to, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? No, I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's great what you guys are doing. I watched a lot of your podcasts. They're really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Having fun and we're across the country and just interviewing entrepreneurs from all walks of life and all businesses. So. Yeah, it's really cool. I love it. Thank you. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for coming on our show and sharing your story and your journey and all this information about Pillars of Wellness. So it's really, really interesting. And I'm probably going to come take a visit because I'm, I'm interested to see like the whole integrated care setup. But where can our listeners find you online? Um, Pillarsofwellness.ca pillarsofwellness.ca and any social channels? Yeah, so we have uh, Facebook and Instagram and we have a YouTube channel as well. And we have a lot of free resources and lots of videos and stuff on there to, to look at and learn from. Yeah, well. I actually saw that you have like a yoga class. Um, yeah. Well, and I was going to check it out because I, I do yoga at home all the time now too. Yeah, yoga therapist posted. I think she's done four videos or like half hour classes. We started posting them when COVID was happening. We were trying to get more like free resources out to people. So, uh, and we'll be keeping adding to the repertoire of things as well. Well, thank you for joining us. No problem. We'll talk soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks.
Thanks for listening to Canada's podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe to all our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada.